It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Tuesday, July 20th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Power to the pod today. It's Tuesday, which means you guys are in complete and total control of the show. I am simply just keeping this thing between the lines. Power to the Pod, our weekly fan mailbag episode here on Locked on Dolphins. We do it on Tuesday. You think about it, Monday, you know, you get the news dump to start. Everybody collecting information over the weekend. They drop it Monday morning. So there's something to look forward to there. Friday, you're going into the weekend. Thursday, maybe happy hour. Wednesday's hump day. What's Tuesday? Need a little pick-me-up. That's why we put Power to the Pod here on a Tuesday. If you're unfamiliar or uninitiated with Locked On Dolphins and myself, welcome. Kyle Krabs, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and ready to get this thing rolling. We take fan submissions two ways. You could tweet at Locked On Fins with a PH, with hashtag Power to the Pod, and your hot take, question, something thought-provoking, observation, you name it. Or you can leave a five-star review of the show. I want to start with reviews. Uh, of the show, and I'm going to try my best not to give away every remaining episode this week as far as committing to talk about a question we got on today's show in a full show concept, because we got a number of really good questions that you could commit 30 to 40 minutes to, and I don't want to do those questions a disservice by doing them in 90 seconds or three minutes, or sometimes one of you guys... You know I'm a sucker, so you'll get me and I'll go down a five-minute rabbit hole on something. I don't want to do that with some of these questions if they're really good. Starting first and foremost with this first one from Alan. Five-star review. Left it on 713. Love the show. Sorry for the long question. See, you already got me. You already know. But if you could build your all-time Dolphins team with a starter each position on offense, defense, kicker, punter, and who would be your head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator... Caveat for the coordinators is you can use former or current head coaches coordinators since most went through those positions anyways. Thank you. Keep up the great work on having the best Fins podcast Fins up. Yeah, so needless to say, we did this with a starting defense kind of off the cuff last week. And I will do a full team and I will do, let's put this one in for Friday, which means I have two more shows this week that you guys are going to try and get me to commit to something that was submitted as a power to the pod question. We'll see if we get there. I'm going to try my best to not just defer, but I also don't want to do these questions disservices, like I said. So, uh, the Carpos, the next review. Question, what's more likely, Zach Thomas making the Hall of Fame within the next three years or the Dolphins winning the AFC in the next three years? 
damn. That's a really good question. So I, I guess I need to look at who the first-time eligible players are next year. Of course, Zach has been a semifinalist, finalist for the last two years. We went through, I remember we went through this before they announced it uh, earlier this offseason for this upcoming class, uh, that it was going to be tight for Zach this year with some of the first ballot guys that kind of felt inevitable and whether or not they were going to go with Calvin Johnson or not, and they ultimately chose to go that direction. So let me check. Let me double check. So my producer pulling that up as we speak. Here are the guys who are first-year Hall of Fame ballot eligible players for 2022. This list includes Anquan Bolden, Chad Greenway, this courtesy of uh, HOFexperiences.com for Hall of Fame class of 2022 first-year eligible players. So if it's wrong, talk to the Hall of Fame. Anquan Bolden, Chad Greenway, Andre Johnson, Mario Williams, Tony Romo, Robert Mathis, Steve Smith, DeMarcus Ware, and Vince Wilfork. So I think of this group... Uh, I would be surprised if they took a nose tackle like Vince Wilfork and put him in as a first ballot guy. I understand he was phenomenal. I think he will eventually probably make a good push. He was a staple for that Patriots dynasty. I think DeMarcus Ware is a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I look at the rest of the guys. Steve Smith, Robert Mathis, Tony Romo, Mario Williams, Andre Johnson, Anquan Bolt. I think this is a pretty good chance for Zach. And this will be his third year as a finalist. Uh, So I am going to say, because Miami, we obviously need to see how this uh, rebuild and transition away from being a rebuilding team to being a young contender. We need to see how that materializes in 2021. So I'm going to say that Zach gets in before the Dolphins win the AFC. But the fact that I really had to think about it and go this far to filibuster and kind of investigate says that it is close as far as what will happen first. Tommy. Kyle, I've learned so much about football and evaluating players listening to you. First and foremost, thanks for listening. There's no greater compliment that you can give me. Kyle, you chose Manny Fernandez and Tim Bowens as your two defensive tackles. What about Bob Baumhauer? He was good against the run and penetrated well as a nose tackle. Yeah, I think there's any number of guys from uh, the, what we want to call it, the, the 70s and 80s window that you could have given really strong consideration to. uh, But I do think about how the game has changed and how players are so much bigger up front now. And that was why I chose to go with Tim Bowens as kind of a guy who was rock solid, really unappreciated as far as stats versus his presence. Uh, But I wasn't concerned about his ability to hold up against today's NFL interior offensive line. Diamond Dodger. Love the show, Kyle, since day one of you taking over. Always chock full of great stuff. Power to the pod question. Long form edit as necessary. On draft is see, Man, you guys are these long form questions. Recently on Draft Dudes, which is my NFL draft podcast, alongside Joe Marino and our host Chris Schubert, courtesy of the Draft Network. You should definitely check it out. You closed out a Friday free-for-all talking about the worst rules in the NFL. You guys were spot on. We talked about... Uh, couple of instances. Defensive holding being five yards and an automatic first down is the dumbest rule in football. Let's be completely true. That, that was my stance. 
One of the other things that came up was the discussion around whether or not you're an offensive player and you fumble the ball into the end zone and it goes out of the end zone, out of bounds, without being recovered by a player on either team, that's a turnover. The argument was that's dumb. And that's where Diamond Dodger picks up with a very long-form question. (laughs) All right, so here's what he said. Scenario. Patriots are set up on the Dolphins' 8-yard line. On the snap, the ball is handed off to Damian Harris. He breaks through a gaping hole down to the 4-yard line, only to be met by Jerome Baker, whose hit drives him all the way back to the original 8-yard line. Ref comes in, moves the ball back to the 4-yard line, spotting him at the 4-yard line because of forward momentum. There is a very well-written, elaborate scenario that continues to be drawn out here, but goes on to say... uh, Offensive players pushing the pile and pushing the ball carrier uh, into the end zone. And the moral of the story is he talks about an uneven balance of ball carrier momentum, where if a ball carrier gets to the four and then is contacted and pushed back, the ball will get spotted at the four because of forward momentum. But if a ball carrier runs into a player and is stood up and his forward momentum stops, before in a pile that player is pushed forward, that counts. What's the, how do you explain that discrepancy in forward momentum for a ball carrier in a one-on-one tackling situation where he gets tackled versus a one-on-one ball carrier situation in which he is stood up, momentum is stopped, and then a bunch of offensive linemen rush from behind him and push him in the end zone? To which I say it's a fair point. I, I really don't have a good explanation as far as how you adjudicate that or how you further even that balance other than to say the play's over when the guy's on the ground or when he scores or runs out of bounds, which is how it should be, in my personal opinion. Two more iTunes reviews. Ish. I recognize Ish from the iTunes reviews in the past. Uh, five-star review, as always, thanks for all your hard work. Is there another corner you would have drafted instead of Igbenogany in 2020? This is a great question. Uh, as far as my personal corner rankings, you guys are going to make me pull out the, uh, the old handy-dandy scouting reports that I keep on my phone. Uh, that's the luxury of having written six draft guides with 300-plus players apiece. you got about 2,000 reports on your phone at any given time that you could pull up as you need to. Uh, so my corner rankings from that year. I had Igbo as the eighth-ranked corner, uh, number 57 overall. Uh, that is not an indictment of that selection. I understand why the Dolphins chose him. I think contextually, when you're evaluating for all 32 teams versus when you're looking at any given player through the scope of one team and their personal situation and their mentality, it's very difficult to to put that into context. But you look at the corners who went in front of him. Jeff Akuda was gone. C.J. Henderson was gone. Christian Fulton uh, was still on the board. Uh, He slipped a little bit, uh, ended up going to Tennessee. I believe in the second round. Uh, So he was my highest rated corner available at the time of the selection. Jeff Gladney, I believe, was gone. Uh, A.J. Terrell was gone. Damon Arnett was gone. Trayvon Diggs, uh, he ended up in Dallas as a second round pick. Uh, He had the same grade as Igbenogany. And I think Igbenogany is probably, uh, with his athleticism, functionally speaking, uh, a better pure fit for Miami. Uh, So if I'm just going off my grades and evaluations. I did have Christian Fulton graded higher. I think he slipped due to some non-talent related stuff, but some unanswered questions with his resume. So 
but if it were me and you told me I could draft a defensive back, I probably would have drafted either Xavier McKinney or Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, McKinney was my top safety, and he was available. He lasted until the early second round, which got drafted by the New York Giants with one of the first few picks in the second round. Uh, I had him 14th overall. Uh, he played the same role that he who shall not be named played at Alabama before getting drafted by Miami uh, for his short stop, I think 18 games in Miami. Uh, and Antoine Winfield Jr. was kind of a guy who could play in the nickel. Uh, he's a little bit... Now both of these guys are, are capable, have the versatility to play what the Dolphins are, are banking on Javon Holland being. So uh, I think there were some other options that if you wanted a guy that was more long-term play, but if the Dolphins made this choice always knowing that they were going to be playing chess with Xavier Howard long-term, and they knew they had the luxury of letting him wait, okay, then great. Your plan worked. Now let's see it materialize if Xavier Howard forces his hand or if you use Noig Benogany to serve as reliable depth behind Xavier Howard if Howard plays for the Dolphins this year. But somewhere along the line, you're going to have to make some kind of financial decisions with one of these corners and either Byron Jones or Xavier Howard, which then will open the door for your long-term play. And that was what this was. Remember, they were coming off a 5-11 and season. Long-term play for Miami. Draft and develop. That there will be that opportunity for that door to open and for him to compete for a starting job or transition into a starting job. One way or another, I would expect it will happen somewhere along the line. The last iTunes review question comes from Hockdead. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. Uh, an extension of what was already asked earlier that we've committed to Friday show. Best Finns content I found. I love the question about creating an all-time defense. Can you do the same on offense? So yes, we're going to do that on Friday. And we'll do a coaching staff as well. So set your alarm, set your calendar, however you want to do it. Be ready uh, and expect a little bit of controversy as far as some of the coaches go. I'm just going to use that as the tease and uh, let that be that. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all of your favorite sports action, whether you're looking for Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, or UFC. So head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available to you. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Transitioning to Twitter questions now. The first one comes from Dolphins Craze. I heard someone talk about Trill Williams' versatility to be able to play safety. I think it was on a live stream this past Monday. What kind of role at safety could he play? I haven't seen him in college. Would it be the type of role as a single high free safety that Bobby McCain played? 
I know Holland is going to be the free safety, but on third and longs or obvious passing situations, could we see him come in for a linebacker or even row? I know he has good ball skills in his role, but that's all that I know. Yeah, I think um, his role, he was pretty solid in coverage. And obviously the fact that he failed a physical with New Orleans as, as part of his undrafted free agent thing seems to uh, lend some credibility that his tumble was rooted to some degree in medical issues, but his versatility was, I mean, he lined up some at corner. He was a lot of presence in the slot. A lot of the things that Javon Holland has done throughout the course of his two years at Oregon was some of the same things that Trill Williams did. Now, I, I think he's a little bit more rigid than Javon. I don't think he's quite as instinctive as Javon, so uh, kind of a backup safety who could play in the nickel and has versatility that would be my expectation, and whether or not he makes the roster is probably going to be rooted in how he does in special teams because of the depth the Dolphins have in the defensive backfield. Uh, they have some difficult decisions to make at a number of stops, and the, and the DBs is one. Uh, Trill, I think he has a chance to make the roster, uh, but he's going to have to stand out and create a really good impression on special teams in order to carve those snaps for him to warrant them keeping him versus the other competition that's there in that group, uh, in my personal opinion. Meanwhile, Danny is trying to burn the world to the ground fully, completely. Uh, building on yesterday's podcast, what would the team's record be if the starting offensive line is Liam Eikenberg at left tackle, DJ Fluker at left guard, Michael Dieter at center, Robert Jones, the UDFA at right guard, and Robert Hunt at right tackle? <sighs> Danny, why? Why? Uh, I, I think the issue with this group is the pass protection is going to be problematic as far as pushing the ball down the field. Uh, I think there's still plenty of push in the run game with Eichenberg, with Fluker, with Hunt. Dieter at center is kind of a help player. Robert Jones, a physical player. Obviously, it's easier to play forward than it is to play backwards in pass protection. And him being on the inside, he has a little bit of protection. He played a tackle some at Middle Tennessee State. I take all those things up. This is like probably the offensive line of like a five-win team, but you put it on with some of the run-after-catch opportunities that now exist on this roster. You put it on with the defense and the special teams and the coaching that they have, and I still think this team with that starting offensive line could float around six to eight wins. I'd probably say seven wins. Seven and ten would be my prediction if that was the starting offensive line for the entire season. Uh, you're going to get hurt with the consistency and sticking on blocks. You're going to get really hurt as far as being able to push the ball down the field. So that's where these investments that the Dolphins have brought in are really going to have to shine for them. Jesse, Dolphins played their last game, and you're about to sit down and write your season-ending rap for Dolphins Wire. What headline are you going to use to get people's attention and best describe how the year went for the Dolphins? Well, that depends on if we're playing 17 games or we're playing more. Uh, and if it depends on... When we learn that we're not playing seventeen game, more than 17 games, my expectations for this team are playoffs. And I'm hopeful uh, that they win a playoff game. I understand it's going to be challenging for you as Miami to get a home playoff game in the first round of the playoffs. You're hoping you go somewhere like Nashville, play the Titans, you're hoping you go somewhere like Indianapolis, play indoors against the Colts, whoever wins the South. That was on the table for them this year. 
Obviously, it didn't turn out that way. Tennessee ended up winning. Uh, Colts went on the road, had to play the Bills. But I would at least expect this team, based off the season they had and the developments that through two seasons of this regime, to make the playoffs. So if they don't make the playoffs and you only play 17 games, I would expect that would be my point of emphasis in the end of your review. Is it football season yet? Forget about the draft capital for a minute. Who is the best player we can get back at a trade for Xavier Howard? If you say Zach Ertz, I'm not going to be happy. Well, the good news is you don't have to worry about my answer being Zach Ertz because here's the dirty little secret about Zach Ertz is he's not very good anymore. He's really slowing down. You think Mike Kosecki struggles after the catch to create yardage? <laughs> Benjamin Solak, co-worker at the Draft Network, Eagles guy, jokes quite often that Zach Ertz gets one broken tackle per year. And that's it. And Ertz is obviously a highly productive player, but he hasn't averaged more than 10 yards a catch for the last two seasons. His blocking skills are not necessarily prominent relative to Mike Gusecki. And Gusecki's more athletic. So, no, it's Zach Ertz would not be the best player. I see some fans, reports of New Orleans being interested, and some fans, oh, go get Alvin Kamara. First of all, I don't think necessarily Miami would invest Xavier Howard in turning around and getting a running back based on how they have treated the running back position versus other premium positions on the roster. That's not to say that they might not inquire or be interested, but New Orleans just gave Alvin Kamara, who is one of the, the stars of the franchise, they just gave him a contract extension. I would be very surprised if they ended up parting ways with Kamara. So I think that's probably off the table. Chandler Jones in Arizona is probably the best veteran player, predominantly because he's also interested in moving on and getting on to a new team. I could see him being the kind of player. He has a previous working relationship with Brian Flores. If you were going to get a prominent player back to help your roster, my guess is the best player you could get is Chandler Jones because Chandler Jones is one of the best five pass rushers in the league. He's overlooked because he's played in Arizona and he didn't really have production this past year. He had 60 sacks in four seasons. He's a phenomenal player. That would be my answer. Uh, Jay Metch, Metchy, however you pronounce it. If I got it wrong, I apologize. I'd be interested to hear some of your scouting reports on draft prospects who have become Dolphins, players on the current roster, who outperformed expectations, who has underachieved, who has surprised you the most. Uh, Steven follows up. This is a great podcast topic. Evals for all 22 starters and how they've progressed and regressed. All right, so hold on. Let me let me make sure I get this right. Because the Dolphins are obviously a young team. I want to see out of the projected starting lineup for the Dolphins how many reports I have written in general. Uh, Devontae Parker, yes. Will Fuller, yes. Jalen Waddell, yes. Austin Jackson, Michael Dieter. Uh, Lee Mikeberg, Sam McKinley, Robert Hunt. Matt Skura, however you want to divide offensive line, yes. Smythe, Gasecki, Tua, Gaskin, yes. Wilkins, Davis, Agba, Van Ginkle, Jerome Baker, Bernardrick McKinney, 
Jalen Phillips, Byron Jones, Eric Rowe, Javon Holland, Saving Howard, Justin Gold. I can do this. <laughs> I can do this. And, and maybe I will do this. Uh, let's let's plan on this being something else that gets tackled this week. I would love to do them all in one show, uh, but asking me, you guys know me at this point, to do 22 players in one shot is pretty optimistic. So it might have to be a two-part series. But, yes, I am going to have the opportunity to do this, and we can revisit what my pre-draft prognosis was for the starters for the Miami Dolphins coming into this season versus what those realities have materialized to be. It should be fun. So uh, thank you for Jay Metch, Jay Mechie, and Steven for giving me the push in this direction. Let's plan on doing that at least one day this week. If we need to, we can split it between this week and next week. Hopefully impatient, purely hypothetical, but let's say Tua stinks up the field this year and next, and obviously is not the guy. Who would you be targeting as the top quarterback prospect to come out in the 2023 NFL draft? Uh, obviously, Miami has two first-round picks, uh, and I'm glad you didn't ask for 2022 because the 2022 class at this point is looking, as the kids say these days, kind of sus. Uh, it, it's not overly inspirational as far as the 2022 quarterback class, it's in a really weird power vacuum where nobody's really considered consensus and there's big question marks for a lot of the guys. A lot of guys are undersized. I know our sample size is really small, but I think my answer has to be DJ Uangalele, uh, the quarterback at Clemson taking over for Trevor Lawrence. He started a little bit due to some COVID issues at Clemson this past year. Uh, super high profile freshman quarterback coming in. Uh, 6'5", 240, he will be eligible in 2023. If you find yourself in the quarterback market, DJ Uangalele is the guy to put the star next to at this point in time. Obviously, these things can change. We can have more players that rise through the process, but that's who I would put the earmark next to. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit RockAuto.com. For all your auto parts needs, and right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Continuing onward, we're going to go rapid mode here. Last couple of Twitter questions. Uh, Big humble. Are we sleeping on Brandon Jones? Feel like he could have a bigger role than people think. Are we sure they're going to hand the keys to the defensive backfield to a rookie? I would be surprised if they put Brandon Jones in the free safety role. Uh, Javon Holland, obviously, with his versatility, can play in a number of different spots, and you saw that from Brandon Jones. Listen, I just pulled up this morning. I'm recording this on Monday afternoon. Uh, This morning, I pulled up the Arizona game. I'm watching the All-22 of the Arizona game, and Brandon Jones, he's lined up in the A-gap on the defensive touchdown from Shaq Lawson uh, to start the Arizona game with the scoring. And they're in their uh, speed package. They've got two defensive linemen on the field. And they got linebackers walked up and, and Brandon Jones walked up on the interior gaps. And he takes a step forward to, to force the Occupy from an interior offensive lineman to help manufacture the free run off the edge. And then he drops and he's in kind of that rat role where he's looking for anything throwing hot over the middle. The sack gets to Kyler Murray. The ball is stripped. And at the point of recovery for Shaq Lawson, Brandon Jones is 25 yards behind the play. Breaks out into a dead sprint when he sees the ball on the ground and actually gets out in front of Shaq Lawson to spring the block that allows him to score. It was a really impressive play. There's going to be a role on this defense for Brandon Jones, but I think it's as the third safety. And there's nothing wrong with the third safety. In today's NFL, you can do a lot of damage with three safeties on the field. From a mismatch perspective, playing three high on the back end, uh, having guys that can kind of play in sub or play in the slot and, or play linebacker and be a presence in run fits, that's all necessary to match personnel and be able to play both the run and the pass. I just do not have the expectation that Brandon Jones, with his skill set, regardless of how intelligent he is as a football player, just from an athletic profile perspective, I don't think he's going to be the free safety. But that doesn't mean we should be sleeping on him. I think he's going to be a big piece of the puzzle. Luciano. Can Miami get Xavier Howard signed by front-loading his reworked contract where he gets top cornerback and guarantee money the first two years of his new deal? Cap should be going up big next two years with two on his rookie deal. Perhaps they can pull it off. Yeah, I, I mean, I think to get Zabin to a point where you're going to, he's going to feel happy with what you're giving him, you're probably talking about increasing his pay this year by about 50%. Uh, you need to get him up into that comfortably above 15 range. I know that's his annual average salary, but he ain't due to get close to that this year. So they, they're going to have to really juice that up, probably get closer to $17, 18000000 million if they're going to appease Xavier Howard's wishes. Um, and if you do that, if you do rework that, then of course there's going to be guarantees. You can make this year's contract, or the, this year's salary fully guaranteed, whatever you want to do. Uh, and it's not a problem for 2022. It's a question of what other domino effects are you going to shift in order to make the room in here and now to add presumably six, seven million dollars in fully guaranteed money to his 2021 salary it can very easily be done. It's a question of from the Dolphins' perspective, 
do we want to play that game with you? Or are we just going to say, well, you're either on board with the program here and you honor the contract that you signed 24 months ago, you tell us. Uh, I think it very, they could very easily move the money. It's not, that's not going to be the issue. It's what are the steps do they choose to take? Is it cutting dead weight off the roster? Is it trading somebody? Is it restructuring somebody else? Or do they just not want to set the precedent? And I'm not, I don't have the answer to that. I'm not inside the building. I can't speak intelligently to that point. Taylor wants to know if Zayvon Howard is traded, who leads the team in intersections? My guess is Javon Holland. I think that would be a good guess. I think you've got a bunch of guys on this team that can get three, four picks. Um, no, obviously, Noah Benogany is a first-round pick entering into year two. There's some more optimism about him. Eric Rowe was really close to having a couple more last year, particularly against some of the high-level tight ends that he tried to cover. Uh, he should have had two against the Raiders, and just Waller just beat him at the catch point. I think any number of guys, the guys that can move around, I think, to play mismatch games with the Hollands, the Rose, I think those guys have the best opportunity to fill in that void a little bit. The final question today comes from TJ. I always get nervous when offensive starters return kicks. Do you have any reservations about Waddle on special teams, even with his A-plus return ability? Yes and no. Uh, I, I do think it's an important layer to get your best players the ball and make sure they're touching the ball enough times to impact the game. And listen, I went down to Tuscaloosa and watched Waddle in person return a punt against LSU for a touchdown in which he got like hogtied around his face, got doubled back, had to, to lose a bunch of ground, comes all the way across the field, finds the corner, gets up. It's like, it's electric, man. It took your breath away. And I had the same experience watching Jakeem Grant return the punt against the Rams, which I had a chance to see in person this past fall. So that, that level of electricity with the ball in your hands, you don't want to take that away from a player. And I do think with Jalen Waddell, it's important to note, with all the other depth that you have at receiver now, now that you've really invested in that position group, well, if you go two tight end stuff, is Parker staying on the field? And is he getting paired with Will Fuller? Because if he is, then Jalen Waddle can be, quote-unquote, protected from a pitch count perspective, where the wear and tear or, or the hits that he's taken, or, or you can kind of manage the snap counts a little bit to ensure you have guys that are interchangeable and you can rotate in and stay fresh. And then when you need space the field and go 11 and really stretch teams vertically, you can put both those guys on the field. I don't think it's a realistic expectation that Jalen Waddle is going to play 100% of the snaps offensively. So I think that can help, at least in the short term, if they do choose to implement Jalen Waddle in the return game. You get nervous? Yeah, you'd hate to see an offensive weapon go down on special teams. You'd hate to see an offensive weapon go down at any point, however. And with the way the rules are set up, as far as contacting returners now, you would like to think it's a little bit safer gig than it was 10 years ago. One thing you can be sure of is we are going to bring the heat the rest of the week here on Locked on Dolphins. So you're going to want to hit subscribe and keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks so much for carving time out of your day and checking out Power to the Pod. 
Hope to see you the rest of this week. I've signed up at least two of the three shows the rest of the week. Uh, we're going to look at my pre-draft assessments from each perspective year of the Dolphins' starting players uh, who has and has not lived up to expectations at this point in time. And we're also going to, on Friday, do the all-offense, all-Dolphins all-time offense and coaching staff to complement and double down on what I chose for defense during last week's Power of the Pod. So keep it locked in. Fins up. Thanks, as always, for listening. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 